Hello dear passengers, this is your captain speaking and we are about to take off for another episode of Adventurina. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Adventurina. July has arrived. Half of the year is gone 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 (laughs) can you believe that mentally i'm still somewhere around february not sure why (laughs) i'm excited to kick off the third quarter of 2023 who even talks like that but anyway i'm excited summer is here and i am of course going on a trip soon (laughs) next week i'm heading to the east coast uh my first stop is niagara falls I have never been there, so I cannot wait to see it and to get soaking wet on a boat. After Niagara Falls, I'll spend a few days in Boston, which I haven't been to for a long time. For the last few years, I've only been to Boston for flight and bus connections. Uh, After Boston, I'm going back to my first American love, (laughs) the first place that I got to see and experience in the United States, Cape Cod. Cape Cod is a very special place to me and I bet for many of the people who have been there as exchange students. As I've mentioned before, the first time I came to the US, I was a J-1 student. For those of you who don't know what a J-1 student is, this is an exchange student who can come to the United States uh, over the summer to legally work and experience the culture and then of course go back home to finish full studies uh, you know, in your university. I was lucky to spend two amazing and busy summers on Cape Cod, which is a peninsula in Massachusetts about 80-85 miles away from Boston, I believe. Uh, Cape Cod is known for its nature, beaches, and green scenery. Everyone is so kind there, it's pretty secluded and peaceful. Uh, Last time I visited Cape Cod, by the way, was almost five years ago. I went to see the same friends that I'm going to see now. Actually, family, not friends. (laughs) I just love these people. They're like my American family, literally. So I'm excited to spend time with them, to, you know, relive all the places I discovered back in my student years. (laughs) And in general, to get out of San Francisco for a couple of weeks. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I love the city, but staying at the same place for too long, and by too long, understand one month, is too much for me. (laughs) Of course, it's unnecessary to say that I managed to arrange my trip in the best possible way when it comes to budgeting. Duh! I found some really good deals on flights, and that for me is the best way to save money, the transport and the accommodation. The only better way to save money is to be flexible with my dates. This allows me to go with the cheaper price for accommodation and transportation, but being flexible is not always the case. (laughs) Many of us can't always just go whenever they want, although that is the purpose of reaching financial freedom, at least for me. (laughs) And that's why most of us save from accommodation and transportation in general. You have your days fixed, You can't go for the cheapest, but you can try to get the cheaper. You know what I mean? Once I have my dates, I just check what fits in my budget. For me, it's totally fine to have a connection flight even for some close destination as long as I get to save some money and have more to spend once I arrive. 
Cha-ching! So prices can be significantly different depending on the flights included and the connection time. The thing that I usually save the most money from is the accommodation though. I'm the type of person who travels with the idea of, you know, seeing most of my destination. And with that said, you probably assume that I don't really spend much time in my hotel room or Airbnb or whatever I'm staying at. As long as I have clean sheets to sleep on, hot water to shower with, and I can lock the door, I'm fine with my accommodation. That's all I need. (laughs) I'm not going to buy that place or live there, so I'll take it. I will be out all day, and I just don't care to pay for stuff I'm not going to use. I better use the money for attractions and trying the local food, buying souvenirs or whatever. Quick note that, you know, this would be different if I'm going to Turkey or Mexico for some all-inclusive shit, but yeah, that's a different topic. Also, for solo trips, oh, for solo trips, one of my favorite, Jesus, hostels are such an awesome and affordable way to stay somewhere where you're going by yourself. Some people are willing to sacrifice a whole vacation because hotels at their desired destination are so expensive and they refuse to book a hostel. I understand it's not for everyone, but at the same time, if you're a real traveler with an open mind and thirst of learning from other people's experiences, if you enjoy listening to their stories, there is just no way for you not to like hostels. That's the whole purpose of discovering the goddamn world, right? (laughs) You can meet amazing people uh, who have traveled so much and there is just so much to talk to them about. My last hostel experience was in Seattle, where I went solo back in April. This trip turned out to be one of my best trips ever. The location of the hostel, by the way, was just in the heart of the city, so close to everything you want to see as a first-time visitor. I was super lucky to be in a room with some amazing girls who are visiting from Canada. Shout out to Kelly, Celine, and Hitomi. I'm waiting for you girls to visit me in San Francisco as we planned. (laughs) And I just love when you go somewhere with zero expectations and you leave with such amazing memories that you didn't even think of creating. (laughs) This is exactly how I felt on my way to Seattle. I couldn't really get excited for some reason and I was a little anxious which is always normal when traveling by yourself. I went there with the plan to you know hang out by myself, see everything I wanted, have some me lunches, me dinners and me breakfasts, (laughs) just in general some me time. The second I arrived in Seattle I felt so good and I even enjoyed a super warm and sunny first day which whoever has been to Seattle knows it's not common at all in April, but it was gorgeous. My hostel experience contributed a big time to my whole trip. Me and the girls in my room were just so alike, and towards the end of the trip, we just felt like we knew each other for years, and that's super rare. We had so much fun, and the few days there felt like more than a week to me. And let me convince you one more time, (laughs) when traveling solo, you most likely won't have much interaction with other travelers if you stay in a hotel. It's just how it works. You go to your room and you hang out by yourself and the next day you're just out by yourself exploring. With hostels, there's always some fun things planned such as dinners, games, karaoke, bar crawling. And even if you stay in, even if you decide to stay in, there will be things to do and there will be people to hang out with. 
you won't be in an awkward situation of trying to start a conversation with strangers because people who go to hostels are super open-minded, cool, and everyone is more than happy to talk. Also, another thing, the perception that many people have that hostels are dirty and for poor people. Ugh. Excuse you, I only have one thing to say. Better in a hostel enjoying Miami than staying home watching Netflix. Boom roasted. Anyway, another thing that I love doing when it comes to travel expenses, most of the time I like to divide my expenses so they don't really hurt my budget. Because the earlier you start, the more time you have to plan, the more time you have to research, and also to pay. You can divide all your payments month by month, which doesn't mean you're gonna make monthly installments for your flights or for your accommodation. It means if I decide to go somewhere, I will first arrange the transport as you know those prices are most likely to go up. Then I will wait for maybe next month to book my accommodation so I don't spend too much at the same time. Most people start planning six to eight weeks prior to their trip if their destination is close. Uh, there are also extremely popular places, specific dates due to events and stuff like that. Is it off-season or not? So sometimes the earlier the better. Sometimes if you wait until the last moment though, you may get deals. But you may also end up having to find another place because maybe tickets are gone. Often I book with the option to either pay half of it or not to pay anything until I check in. This gives me even more time to kind of like stretch my expenses out. Here is a time to mention for those who use credit cards, always, always, always check your credit card deals and buy with the card that either gives you the most cashback or the best deal. I can't tell you how many times, guys, out of nowhere I would save money or get money back here and there little by little. If you have more than one credit card, make sure you use the one that makes more sense, the one that gets you the most of your deal back or the one that treats your expense for miles or points or whatever. Everyday purchases are perfect for generating points or miles, later on exchanging them for flights, accommodation and all kinds of travel expenses is super useful. So imagine deciding to go to London and finding cheap tickets, get them right away because they might be gone in a very short time, you're gonna worry about hotels after. If you have a few months until your departure, wait until next month to book the hotel. Maybe even book something that you don't have to pay until you're physically there. And if you did, just make sure you use the credit card that makes more sense for you to book with and the one that gives you the best deal. After that, I would say leave your expenses for attractions for another month. You know, if you travel in a few months, you can stretch that out. Of course, if you travel soon, book that shit. But for attractions and tours, usually they have limitations, so sometimes you wouldn't even be able to book more than 30 days in prior. Other places have limited tickets that they release months before the actual dates and due to high demand, tickets are gone in seconds. But here comes another advantage of your credit cards. Most of them will probably have offers for one of the major experience platforms. Sometimes you get up to like 15% cashback, which can be a good amount for more expensive tours and experiences bought. Sometimes you get early access for events and activities, which might be perfect for high demand experiences. Another advantage of early bookings is that often you get a better price, the earlier the better. 
Also, booking early guarantees you that you won't miss the capacity of the different attractions and you won't be left with no tickets just because you waited for the last moment. I always check out all the places and attractions I need tickets for and I get the ones that tend to sell the fastest first. The rest of them I can stretch out and pay in different months so I don't feel like I'm spending too much money at the same time. And there is something really satisfying of getting a deal, you know? It just feels so good. Like, that's how it works. Oh, it's not $10. It's only $9.99. <laughs> yep. In general, with traveling, you can really make a good plan of your expenses and cover them throughout the time in a way that you won't even feel like you spend the amount you actually spend. Since the podcast launched, I've got some questions received and I was waiting to really feel like, you know, doing some Q&A. I think it would be cool to go through some of them today because they're kind of related to the topic we're talking about. So let's see. I will start chronologically and I really, really hope I'm going to pronounce all the names correctly. If not, please remember, I'm just a foreigner. <laughs> okay, question number one comes from Audrey. Audrey, okay. How much time does it take you to plan a whole trip and what's the hardest part of planning for you? Thanks, Audrey, for the question. That's a good one and please forgive me if I mispronounced your name most likely. So the time I spend planning my trips uh, varies depending on the trip duration and the destination type. Of course, the longer the trip, the more the planning uh, as I need to, you know, fill more days with activities. But when I plan, I usually start from what I want to see in my destination and then I try to estimate how much time I need for that. Once I have my answer, I basically determine how long my vacation will be, how many days I need. I always disagree when someone is like, oh, there is nothing to see in this city or this state or this country. Like, calm down. <laughs> this is literally not possible. It may not be something extremely exciting, but for sure every place has something for tourists to check out. Maybe something small, but I believe there is at least one thing. There might be much less things than somewhere else, but there's always, always something to see anywhere. So I actually start from what's worth seeing for me at the place I want to go to, and then I determine how many days can fit the itinerary I'm putting together. Uh, generally for a few days anywhere you can see the most popular spots you can never see everything <laughs> that's another thing I hate when people come back from somewhere like how was your vacation in New York and they're like oh my god it was awesome we were there three days and we saw everything and I'm like dude there are people who live in goddamn New York <laughs> for years and they still haven't seen everything chill out can you check the most popular spots in New York for three days? Yes. Can you see everything in freaking New York for three days? Hell no. I don't even remember what the question was, but anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. How much time do I take planning a whole trip? Well, I, I think I answered how long it takes me to answer a question, like with going really, really off topic, but never mind. So the answer to your question, Audrey, <laughs> is it depends on the type of the trip 
and the duration. Cities are the easiest to plan for me because I just focus on this specific area and most of the time when I go to a new city, I'm not gonna go explore the outside and the things close to it. I'll probably just leave that for another time. So focusing on the city itself. But yeah, cities are the easiest. Sometimes I can put a whole itinerary for four or five days, maybe for like two hours and a half, three hours, which means, you know, I'm going to find 20, 25 places. I'm going to see what I'm interested in. I'm going to group them by neighborhoods or areas as we have previously talked. (laughs) So we don't go back and forth. I'm going to estimate how much time approximately I need to spend at all those places and this will give me my duration. Other vacations require, oh my god, so much reading. Like going to Sedona in Arizona, for example, needed so much preparation. There are so many important details you need to know in order for you to avoid wasting your time or not finding your destination in national parks and nature places that it's crazy. Like the research for Sedona, Arizona took me hours and hours of reading and checking out details and stuff i would say at least 10 up to 12 hours if not more of course not at once so back to the second part of the question the hardest part of planning for me uh oh shit uh well maybe maybe not the hardest but i would say more challenging for me is to match all the arrival and departure times so i get the most of my time you know sometimes you fly somewhere then you need to get a car to get to your final destination, you may be in a rush for some activity you booked, or maybe you have tickets for something, which by the way, I hate, I really hate to be in a rush from the very first hours of me arriving somewhere, that's not the way I want to spend my first day, because most likely I already got up pretty early to get to the freaking airport, I don't really like when my itinerary depends on my arrival, (laughs) So the most thinking process goes to when I am landing, like how much time I have to get to the hotel, am I going to make it to my first attraction if there are tickets booked, mostly time stuff. And I would say the most challenging part for me is to fit too many things in one day because as I've said before, I always want to see as much as possible and sometimes this makes my itineraries kind of (laughs) packed and busy. So yeah, I'm fighting with myself, like I'm trying to get better at that, but I always, always put more. (laughs) Okay, I was planning on answering three questions, but if I keep stretching my answer like that, I will probably need to dedicate a whole episode for that. (laughs) Okay, one more. What's the best thing you can do when you don't have a plan? Asked by... Oh, by... What? Okay, this is something I definitely cannot pronounce because it's like a name of letter number combination. So yeah, I don't think that's a name at all. (laughs) Okay, uh, back to the question. What was it? Oh yeah, what's the best thing you can do when you don't have a plan? Okay, first thing you can do when you don't have a plan is to to ask (laughs) why the hell don't you have a plan? No, just kidding. Uh, But seriously, come on, I told you guys in the first episode, going somewhere without a plan just doesn't work for me, okay? I kind of feel lost and I feel like I'm missing out on so much. But, okay, let's say for the sake of the question and the answer, let's say you're one of those lucky bastards that goes out for dinner with their passport and, you know, they end up being in another country later on. (laughs) 
I guess if you're a weirdo like me, even after taking a spontaneous decision, you would still look up some stuff on your way there. If you're a normal person, though, who can actually do spontaneous shit without preparing for the spontaneous, <laughs> you can literally just, I guess, walk around and let the streets take you places. And, you know, since I always advise people to talk to locals and engage in conversations, if you speak the language, of course, just, you know, ask them what to do. Ask for recommendations. I often see people in San Francisco looking for directions or trying to find a bus stop or the cable car stop. And I don't really wait for them to ask me for help. I know sometimes people want to ask, but in a big city, they feel like people are so busy and rude and no one's going to pay attention to them. But I know how much needed and appreciated help is in those moments because I've been there many times. So I always try to help. And if I see someone who's obviously, you know, wondering about a location or something else, I always ask them, hey, do you need help? Where are you trying to go? And that immediately, you know, starts a whole conversation. So they will usually ask about other things. I guess they're like, oh, you know, that bitch is willing to... <laughs> talk let's ask more <laughs> i'm like no worries my friend talking is all i have so give me all your questions and this actually reminds me of a situation that i had like a little over a month ago i was down at the pharmacy and i was on the line so there was a person who didn't buy anything but he just waited online to ask something he wanted to ask where the cable car uh, pickup spot is uh, for those of you guys who haven't been to San Francisco or who are not familiar with one of the most iconic things for the city those are the cable cars the old trolleys that you can actually ride they're still fully mechanical and they are one of the biggest attractions in San Francisco so this person basically waited online just to ask the cashier if she could help him finding the location of the pickup and it was literally like two blocks away from the pharmacy. So I'm sure these people know where it is because even if you don't do the touristy things living in San Francisco, you walk around them almost every day, especially in this location because this was like pretty close to one of the most touristy spots in San Francisco. So this person waited online and he asked something that absolutely everyone knew People just didn't feel like they wanted to waste time answering. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, we don't give information about that. And I was right behind him. I had like few things uh, carrying. I was about to pay for them, but I'm like, where are you trying to go? Because uh, I can help you. He was thrilled. He was extremely happy because imagine, guys, imagine being in another city. Imagine maybe you don't have internet or maybe your phone died or maybe you have fucking internet and phone, but let's say you, you're just not that good. There's some people who are just not good with maps and directions and their surroundings even. So he was, I could tell he was super happy that someone decided to pay attention to him. So he really wanted to go literally three blocks away. And if I had more time, maybe I would even walk with him. So he just came to me with his phone and he was literally like shaking. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, you are in the most hectic part of the city. There's so many tourists here. You're going to be there in no time. And I guarantee you, it was raining on top of that. I, I just told him, I guarantee him everything will be fine. 
and he was really thankful so i showed him on his phone where he needed to go i also gave him the most detailed instructions that i could give and i literally gave him a few different options because he was kind of in between two different stops of the cable car and i'm like well why don't i just give him more information like i don't need to just be like yeah walk for two blocks and you'll see it the more i can tell you the better for you because it just sucks to be lost in another city and i would never ever leave someone in need asking other people waiting for their answer when they refuse to basically answer something that they're well aware of but anyway yeah so just keep helping other people and you know make sure that if someone needs information in your town in your city whatever you live it might be something really boring for you it might be something you walk around every day but for someone that can be a whole new world so just be kind and help people and that's the best part of traveling and that's the best part of knowing destinations you know to share our experience i feel like i'm home here in san francisco so i can literally walk around the street with closed eyes and i can find my way <laughs> that's how well i know this city at this point so if anyone ever needs help hit me up guys i'll always ask your questions you don't need to go to that pharmacy and you don't need to wait online but yeah with that said i think we can wrap up today's episode and thank you guys again for listening don't forget to leave some feedback put some comments ask some questions subscribe do whatever you want ask whatever you want i promise i will try to answer more questions next week and until then you guys keep planning keep exploring and keep dreaming because there's no dream destinations remember so stay tuned because my next episode is landing shortly bye bye